0: Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I am your host Chris Platte. You can find me on Twitter at RealChrisPlatte, C-H-R-A-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. Just kidding, follow anyways. Alright, we are back and this is the second edition of Hip Hop Albums of the Year. So I will link, um, for those of you that haven't listened to the one I did last year in 2016, I will link that below in the description So, um, check that out if you're curious, it was, it was really fun, um, and last year I did 20, but this year hip-hop was so good, I did, I did 25, um, so the way this works is I'm just going to, uh, start off by naming five honorable mention projects, just projects that were close to making the cut, but didn't, um, that were right on the cusp of making it, and then, um, I will be doing my top 25 in reverse order, starting from 25, working to one, obviously gotta build the suspense here, and... I'll also be talking about um, m- just my opinions on the album, why I have it ranked, where I rank, where I ranked it, and also um, just what are my favorite tracks off that. So that if you are interested in what I'm saying and um, whatever I say f- piques your interest in in an- in a particular project, mixtape, album, whatever it be, um, that you can uh, go to my favorite tracks, check those out, and kind of get like a good little taste of what the album's about. Um, so that if you want to invest in it more and listen to it more, um, obviously feel free to do that. So please, another thing, um, is that I really hope that you go on iTunes and rate the podcast five stars if you have not, because that helps me out a great deal. Um, I will shout you out if you do that. Um, I have to, I have to work on some of the shout outs of the latest people that have done it, but, um, but I will, I will definitely shout you out on a podcast, probably on the big end of the year podcast, which is coming uh, which is coming very very soon The, um, the 2017 year rap Hip hop podcast strictly hip hop podcast So um, stay tuned for that there's some big Things coming for that um, And so anyways it, Once you do that also Another thing is uh, please engage with me on twitter Let me know how you feel about my list um, Again this is not my favorite um, I tried to uh, Be objective and do what I think Are the best projects um, So you know and I'll be talking about that a little bit as I discuss some of the rankings. Um, so, anyways, let's let's uh let's jump into it. And again, um, engage with me on Twitter and social media. Tell me what you think about my list if you think it's good, if you think it's trash, whatever. Let me know. Let's have some conversation. All right, let's jump into it. So, first, we're going to start with the honorable mentions here. Um, the first honorable mention I want to mention is G Herbo's Humble Beast. Now, this is his debut album. Um, this album is great. It delivered in kind of every way, um, from the strong intro track Streets, one of my favorites of the year, to uh, bangers like I'm on Everything with Lil Uzi. Uh, this album's enjoyable. It might take some listeners uh, some time to adjust to the harshness of G. Herbo's voice. Uh, he's got this kind of, this kind of unique and, and harsh and brass vo- voice. Um, not in the way, not in the way of Dave East, um, cause I know Dave East has that very like heavy raspy. It's not necessarily super raspy. It's just kind of, it's just kind of harsh. Um, but uh, so, so it might take you some time to adjust to that. But other than that, I mean, sonically the album is solid. Um, and I am a fan of G Herbo's voice, but you know, I'm just putting it out there that it's kind of different. So it might take some getting used to, but sonically, like I said, the album is solid and definitely worth a listen. So check that out um the next honorable mention i have is brock hampton saturation so brock hampton is the 15 person hip-hop boy band that kind of exploded this year had an awesome year delivering a trilogy of solid of three solid albums in one year um well all these albums are good and interesting um the first one stood out to me the most because of its raw and unconventional production um and, and, you know, I kind of felt the rawness, especially, wasn't really there as much on 2 and 3. Um, but all three albums are worth a listen. I'm excited to see the future of this group. But um, the reason why this didn't make the list is because, um, you know, just judging off of, off of the public opinion. Now, what I do, for those of you that don't know, um, to get off on a little bit of a tangent... Is I do not look at any lists, any reviews, anything before I do them. Um, obviously, because I want my I want my opinion to be as unfiltered as unbiased as possible. So um, I haven't checked out any of the lists this year. That's another forewarning. Um, and I I do imagine though that this is on a lot of lists because a lot of people love these albums, um, and the public opinion seems very high of Brockhampton. But um, what holds them back for me is that their rapping ability is kind of surface level. There aren't many verses that really hold my attention. Mostly it's the production that holds my attention throughout these albums. And, and um, I believe this I believe this will progress with time, though. Um, I think there's a bright future for this group. I think they will get better at rapping, and I think they'll find a way. Because right now, the, the production is... Is carrying the album, like I said. I mean, the production is all the way up here, and the the lyrics and the and the verses are, you know, not necessarily terrible. They're just they're just nowhere near the level of the production. And so, if if the, if those things could kind of even out, if if they could bring the lyricism and the and the content and and just the vocals to the top and match the production, then this team or this band i should say can be very successful so i think they have a bright future i'm excited to see um where they go all right next jid the never story now this was an album that dropped in i want to say february um i didn't get to it till march or april um but this album was one of those that was really hard to leave off the list like i was right there it was it was right there um jid blew me away with this album from dope rapping and flawless flows on tracks like never to these ear-catching melodies on songs like hereditary and all bad um Jid's a very talented artist that can deliver exceptional rap and melodies which is rare because most artists have to rely on one or the other so definitely check this album out it's got a little bit of it's it's definitely got some hip-hop elements you know like like never but it also um, has these kind of almost RB centric tracks, like Hereditary. So, check this album out for sure. Um, the next one I wanted to mention is Vic Mensa, The Autobiography. Now, this album was really dope. I reviewed it, so check out the review if you haven't. Um, and that was with my homie, Connor Ennis. So, shout out, Connor. Uh, this album was really dope. Vic Mensa's exactly what the album is exactly what the title suggests, which is an autobiography of his life. From everything of his childhood to dealing with fame to his relationships with women, um, there are though what what held this back is there are some moments where his singing could be lackluster in my opinion and the songs could kind of lack depth. Um, but the album makes up for it with great consistent production, and the highs are incredible. Like um, "Heaven on Earth" is an awesome song. Um, as well as the reprise version that he does later in the album, um, "Down for Some Ignorance," uh, the awesome, awesome intro. Say I didn't is, is just that—that that one's just incredible. That gives me these college dropout flashbacks almost. Um, so it's a—it's uh, real—it's really dope. So uh, check that album out. I highly recommend it because the highs are totally worth it. There are some lows, um, you know, just its just yeah, it's just some of the singing. Uh, of Vic doesn't do it for me. Now there are songs where he does sing, and I really, really like it. But, um, but some of these songs, like um, "Home," "Home Wrecker," I didn't really care for. Um, so you know, there, there are just some moments where they're, uh, where where singing is just lackluster for me. But anyways, um, jumping to the last uh, honorable mention before we get into the the list is kodak black painting pictures this album was definitely the closest to making the list um honestly i was torn about about having it on this list i even thought about extending it to 30 just so that i could put it on the list because i mean goddamn, I i like this album a lot um i was someone who came into this album skeptical of kodak um you know kodak to me was you know is. His voice kind of took some getting used to, and um, he wasn't necessarily somebody that really came off to me as um, as being able to be lyrical and you know hold my attention lyrically. You know, to me, I always thought of Kodak as coming into this album. I thought of Kodak in my little experience, and too that's that's another thing I gotta point out is that I had little experience of Kodak coming into this album, but. Um, Kodak kind of seemed like to me an artist that he could that it would be the production that held my attention not his vocals and you know Kalo my boy stayed on me about this and uh, Told me to check out Kodak and so I did and uh, Man, it was awesome. It blew me away it erased all my doubts. Uh, this guy is a great artist He puts together a deep and layered conceptual album without really relying on star-studded features I mean he has the future uh, featuring uh, there's also a young thug feature if i'm not mistaken and um, so there are some big features but those aren't even his best his best tracks in my opinion on the project uh kodak has a great ear for picking beats and he can rap um, when the time comes so if you don't believe me check out track tracks like the intro track day for day uh, the outro track there he go and in between you can find these dope tracks like cooling and booted candy paint tunnel vision uh, man this this, this album is just kind of layered with um, with a lot of dope tracks, a lot of dope records, so I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm really excited for, for Kodak's next full album. I mean, he dropped uh, Project Baby 2, which I also liked, but um, I'm, I'm ready for the next Kodak album. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Alright, so, let's get into the list here. Number 25, we have 8 by Static Selecta now this album is a must listen for hip-hop heads it probably went under your radar it was a late release released on i believe the 8th of december um or the 15th i'm not mistaken there were so many damn releases those two weeks that shit just blends together but anyway static the selector the legend is back with 18 tracks of soulful and smooth hip-hop production with some of the best artists in the game i mean i'm talking he's got raekwon on here he's got prodigy the locks, Royce to Five Nine, run the jewels, two chains, joiner Lucas, Joey Badass, and much more. I mean, for Christ's sake,s this song has it, or this album has a song with Raekwon and Royce to Five Nine. So if that doesn't tell you that you need to hear it. I don't know what else to say, to be honest with you. I mean, this album is just incredible, um, incredible, incredible, just a, just a dope, dope project. Uh, my favorites off here are Nobody Move, Don't Run. Ain't a Damn Thing, Change, and Disrespect. Uh, so check those out if, you, um, if you're if you curious about this album. But yeah, this album is definitely for the people that really fuck with the bars and fuck with all sorts of, um, you know, just dope hip-hop content. So let's jump to Wu-Tang at 24. I got Wu-Tang, The Saga Continues. Um, this album came quickly, and to no surprise, this album delivered. I mean, although the full like, Wu-Tang crew is not here... Uh, this album is far from a disappointment. I mean, Red, Redman, RZA, Ghostface, Inspected Deck all deliver show-stopping verse after show-stopping verse over some awesome, just kind of boom-bap instrumentation. Um, and I like this project because it, it's just it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not Wu Tang trying to rap over today's trends. It's Wu Tang doing what Wu Tang does. You know what I'm saying? So it gives you this level of nostalgia. Even if you're like me, and didn't even grow up on Wu Tang, you know. But you, you went back. You listened to, you know, Thirty Six Chambers, all this, the W, all that, and it 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 just it has. It, it's it's not that it's it's not that level uh, by any means. But it's something that just really kind of has it has those moments. It's almost like to relate it to basketball. Um, it's almost like when you watch your your favorite players like Dwayne Wade. You know, have these kind of throwback games. You know, Dwayne Wade's old, but you know he'll give you those little flashes here and there of like of like vintage Wade, and it's just like it's just like damn, you know, and it and it kind of makes you feel good, and that's kind of how I felt about this Wu Tang project. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I think um I think what what makes it awesome is just the verses are never lacking, and the production and instrumentation is just different, and to me, you know. When you're reviewing as many projects and listening to as many projects, as I am. I mean, I listened to about over a hundred projects this year. Um, you know, some of them start to blend together and you know sound the same, but Wu Tang is one that doesn't sound like any other album this year. And so I think that that's really dope, and that kind of helped it stand out. And uh, again, this is this is a dope album. So definitely check it out. Uh, my favorites: Lesson Learned, Pearl Harbor, Fast and Furious. Easy, easy. Those are my top three. Those are those are really dope. So check those. Um. All right, number twenty-three. Vince Staples' Big Fish, Big Fish Theory. Sorry. Um. This album is controversial upon its release. Uh, to me, it received both high praise and heavy criticism. Uh, my first listen, personally, I hated the album. I thought it was trash. Outside of the two standout tracks, yeah, right, and Big Fish. But you know, I I, I I like I like Vince, so I continued to listen, um, and all the other songs grew on me. The production is very heavy electronic. Um, in fact, the producer that uh, Vince worked with for the album was an electronic producer that Vince Vince actually said he had to teach hip hop to. Um, so it was basically, and you know, if if you followed Vince on Twitter and stuff, you know, you've seen his rants about how. This album is basically an electronic album and it really is in some sense um, it is a very heavy electronic album like I wouldn't I, I would understand if it was classified as electronic not hip hop but it does also have a lot of hip hop elements to it so it is a, a hip hop album and it's being sold and marketed as a hip hop album so technically it's a hip hop album um, but you know it, it's just it's different um, and, and it's different um, and the result of of this of this kind of clash between electronic and hip hop is a is a unique album that features a range of emotions. I mean, you got the aggressive tracks like Yeah Right, to smooth tracks like Seven Forty Five. Um, and with the whole album, another reason this this made the list is the album's only thirty six minutes. The entire album is very easy to digest, which gives it high replay value. And to me, there's not really many songs that I would consider trash, so I could throw this on. And I could be and I could be totally totally um, good and I could be totally good and listen to the whole thing. Um, so that's that's a really important thing to me when it comes to a project is how much can you listen to it? Can you listen to the whole thing more than once or do you just listen to it once and you have your favorites and that's it. So this is one of those albums that has high replay value, which is a big reason why it's on the list at number 23. So my favorites, yeah right. Big Fish, seven forty five. Um, I know those are kind of the big, like kind of standout records, the, the most popular records. But those are the ones that grab me the most. Um, I love, I love Vince's uh, melody and tone on on seven forty five. Uh, big Fish, the way that the way the the beat just knocks and Juicy J comes in is crazy. And of course, I mean, come on, man. Vince, Vince and Kendrick coming in, yeah right. That's just with that loud, aggressive banger. I mean, come on, man. Gotta be, gotta be the three favorites. Number 22, Migos Culture. So, this album dropped all the way back in January, and it remained in rotation all day, all year. Uh, Migos has become one of the hottest names and sounds in hip-hop. I mean, I'm talking from the grand opening DJ Khaled vocals to the mega anthems like Bad & Bougie and T-Shirt. This album features top-of-the-line modern trap instrumentation, and the Migos just quite frankly make every song catchy. The only knock against this album is a lack of diversity in songs but amigos outweighs that criticism by delivering song after song hit after hit, which um, often results in the funny thing about these is they could they could release pretty much every song on this album you know a week or two weeks apart and they would be a hit. but um, some of the songs kind of get lost in the sauce when you're listening to you know uh, when you listen to a full album, and so these songs almost kind of take away from each other. And, but, you know, if you're, if you're kind of separating it in a vacuum, all of these songs are catch. And you would, I would be shocked if any of these songs, like, didn't make the Billboard 200 if they were spaced out throughout the year. And that's, how, that's how influential Migos is. I mean, Migos is, let's face it, one of the three hottest sounds in hip-hop right now. There's Migos, there's Travis, and there's Kendrick. Those are the three hottest sounds in hip-hop. And, of course, you got to throw in Drake as well. Um, so those are, those are the juggernaut sounds in hip hop that everyone is trying to emulate. So Migos is, Migos is right there in the center of all that. And, um, this is one of the best hip hop albums of the year because of that, because of just how unavoidable, unavoidably, unavoidable this project is. Like, I mean, you've heard, you've heard Bad and Bougie a million times. You've heard T-Shirt a hundred times. I mean, so... It's just everywhere, and so to me, that's what makes this album really, really good. And it's one of the albums that I do enjoy. Um, the only knock against it, again, is the lack of diversity in songs. And because because of that, it's not easy to listen to the full thing. You kind of have to be in the right vibe to want to play this album front to back. Um, but other than that, I mean, man, this album's, this album's great, man. So, um, my favorites, Bad and Bougie and T-Shirt, um, those are, those are, of course, my favorites. And, uh, Kelly Price, as well. Alright, number 21, Belly Mumble Rap. So, first off, shout out to Black Trey of Leverage to Chat Network for putting me on to this album. Um, check out Leverage the Chat if you, if you don't know what that is. Um, The Basketball Friends, Waz Speaks, uh, Bomb, uh, man, all of these, all, they have just, like, a plethora of great podcasts that I can't keep up with, um, but yeah, so so Trey, uh, Black Trey, put me onto this on his Instagram live, and uh, you know I went and checked it out, and you know I was I was blown away. Well, this is just well this is just a mixtape. This project is just as impressive as an album. Uh, it's energetic. There's grimy banger uh, intro tracks like uh, like immigration to a trap to the introspective moments like lullaby. This album is loaded with great track after great track. And Belly showcases great songwriting ability, showing why he was such a key writer for The Weeknd. For those of you who don't know Belly, Belly kind of spent um, a good amount of time writing for The Weeknd. Um, he was kind of an artist that was established in the 2000s and then became a writer for The Weeknd and helped with Beauty and the Madness um, and actually got some Grammys n- nominations. And I think some he actually got some Grammys for, for that because he got writing credits on that album on like six of those songs. Um... So, you know, and Belly just has this, like, charismatic personality. Um, He he really does have a strong hip-hop personality that is just infectious. Um, You know, he's able to deliver such memorable lines, like, uh, in the song, Come Down is Real. He says, you know, this dick is yours. I might as well go get this dick is short. Like, and uh, shout out to Punt. I'm trying to live. I lost 100 pounds. Uh, You know, just moments like that, the way he delivers it is so catchy to me and what also helps this project is Belly delivers the um, the, the the these melodies that are ear catching as well throughout the whole mixtape uh like in the come down is real that hook is just so infectious stuck in my head all, all throughout the year ever since it dropped and all that makes this project near perfect and what helps is this is even shorter than Vic Mensa's al- or sorry not Vic Mensa uh Vince Staples album This is only a 32-minute runtime, so it's such an easy listing that if I was making it a favorite album list instead of a best album list, this would probably be top 10. I really, really enjoyed this album. Um, The one thing that does hold this project back is it doesn't really step out of its comfort zone, and with just 2-3 to minute songs, um, I think the longest song on here is 4 minutes, um, there's not a lot of depth. Explored and I just couldn't put it over these uh fully these other fully fleshed out albums Because it was uh, because a lot of this is straightforward. It's to a point. It's it's really good But um, it's not as fleshed out. It's not as in-depth as these other projects ahead of it So that's why it's ranked where it's ranked But I'm not mad if anybody says it's one of my five favorite albums of the year because I'm, I'm with you 100% this album is incredible and it's fun to listen to. My favorites The Come Down is Real, too, Lullaby, Toast, Immigration to the Trap, and Alcantara. All of those, um, man, yeah, talk about that push feature. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, let's jump to number 20. I got Fabulous and Jadakiss Nightmare on Elm Street. The long awaited legendary collaboration tape is here. Um, Feta and Jab team up for, in my opinion, the best collaboration hip hop project of the year. The chemistry between the two is the best among any duo this year. Fabulous brings this kind of cool, flashy swagger, while Jade brings this grimy, harsh style, making for a great contrast. Um, and every track on this project is solid, but the only knock I have against the mixtape is that the production is rather simple. The instrumentations, or the instrumentals, sorry, don't have much depth, at, and as a result... The beats don't really evoke emotion or add to the quality of the songs outside of songs like Talk About It and Soul Food, I mean really a lot of times the beat is just kind of there and you know, it, it doesn't really, it feels like it could be replaced and it just feels, it feels simple, it feels, um, it feels like it's, like it's almost un- unnecessary and so the, despite the flaws in the production, though, this project holds my attention the entire way through because Jadakiss and Fab's lyricism. I mean, it's just it's just top tier. It's up there with some of the best projects lyrically this year. So definitely check it out. Um, because I, it, especially if you're someone like me who loves uh, collaboration projects, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy seeing how artists team together, and for full fleshed projects. And this is a this is a real full fleshed project. Um. It's technically a mixtape, but it feels like it feels like it's an album. Um, so, my favorites off here, Soul Food, Stand Up with Future, that one is awesome. Uh, talk About It, again, uh, Fabulous's verse to talk about it is crazy. And All About It with French Montana is just a fun, fun record. So, check those out. Alright, number 19, I got Future. Um, in February, Future dropped two surprise projects, Future and Hendrix. Well, Hendrix was a disappointment for me. Check the review. Um, Future was, in my opinion, uh, his best project since DS2. This album features 18 banger trap beats with, uh, with, with Future displaying some of the best lyricism of his career, arguably, and the songwriting leading to, and, and as well as songwriting, um, leading to some of my favorite songs this year. I mean, Mask Off i'm so groovy rent money draco high demand they will all have you rocking and future closes the album perfectly with feds to the sweep love that song one of my favorites of the year just an awesome closer uh, just a nice uh, just a nice turn right at the end of the album um, after its release though future went back and added three bonus tracks uh, the kendrick mask off remix uh, which was really dope uh, used to it with drake another dope record and extra love with yg another dope record which made this album even better because um, Future throughout the whole thing had no features up until uh, up until he added these three bonus songs, so that was um, that was a really dope uh, that was a really dope addition. But it showcased that Future could deliver, which I never thought Future could deliver a full-fledged 18-track uh, album with no with no features and hold my attention. But damn, he really did it. Um, this is some grimy, heavy trap banger instrumentals um this this whole album will have your speakers rocking for i think the runtime's like just over an hour so yeah i mean if you're making an hour trip somewhere man just throw this on and you you'll be bumping the whole way through so my favorites uh, mask off the original the mask off remix i'm so groovy and rent money uh man future is a savage on rent money with that shot at scotty pippet don't act like don't act like that's not a shot at scotty um Number 18, I got Jeezy, Pressure. So December gave us snow in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking the snowman Jeezy came back, delivered a strong album. Pressure is loaded with, again, banger trap beats, but what separates it is the amazing features from 2 Chainz, to Kodak, to YG, to T Grizzly, to Rick Ross, to Tory Lanez, and much more. All that, of course, plus the Kendrick and J. Cole track on American Dream this album is a great listen as a longtime Jeezy fan because it showed just how well his style from 2005 fits with today's rap. Like it just shows how ahead of his time he was. I mean, Jeezy drops an album in 2017, and it and it doesn't sound out of place. But yet he's using the same style as he did in 2005, which is crazy to me. So shout out to Jeezy, a pioneer in the uh, trap in the trap scene. Uh, my favorite stuff here, Cold Summer with T Grizzly is just a banger. American Dream, Kendrick and Cole collaborating. Cole snapped on that. Um, and then Kendrick brought this nice little melody element to it, which was really dope. Four seats with two chains, man. Two chains is just killing every feature. Uh, like them and uh, the outro, Snow Season. So check those out. Number 17. And this may shock some people. I got Lil Uzi Vert, Love Is Rage 2. Um, this album shocked me with how good it was. Uh, this album features top-notch production, one of the best albums of the year in that respect, in my opinion. And Uzi complements the production well, track after track. I mean, he's got the dark bangers like four 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 plus two two two, obviously equals six six six. Early twenty rager um, to fun songs like Sauce It Up, No uh, No Sleep Leak, and Neon Guts. Is, Neon Guts is one of my favorite records of the year by far. Um, man, Pharrell and Uzi playing off each other, that song is just man, it's all sorts of fun. I love that song, and it's a banger too. Um, and then he's got these moody songs like Dark Queen, uh, Pretty Miami, and Feelings Mutual is awesome. That one is like a roller coaster song. So the pr- the variety and production and melody melodies that Uzi showcases throughout this whole album will keep you entertained the entire way. Um, This is an album that you can definitely listen to front to back once in its entirety, at least, and enjoy it. Uh, Me, I find myself listening to this album in its entirety multiple times out of enjoyment. Because, again, it's just all over the place. Uzi is changing flows, changing um, cadences, deliveries, all sorts of things. And the production is just everywhere. It's going off the walls everywhere. So I really, really enjoyed this album. This album was another one where if it was a favorites list as opposed to a best list, it would be higher because I really enjoyed this album. Um, My favorites off here, Feeling Mutual, Neon Guts, and No Sleep Leak. Those are my favorites. Number 16, Flower Boy. Um, This album perhaps surprised me the most this year. Um, I've never been a fan of Tyler the Creator. You know, I see his appeal, but it's never been for me. I think his music's good if I'm being objective and he's a talented artist. But it's just kind of, his, his style has just never really caught my ear. Um, however, this album's excellent. Like, Flower Boy is one of the best produced albums this year, another, another top-of-the-line top production album. All the instrumentals are so complex, and they're layered, and the soft, soulful production brings out the emotion in Tyler that I have just never felt when listening to his music before. I know a lot of people probably have this album higher, considering it's a Grammy-nominated album, but um, its ranking is less an indictment of the album and more so a credit to the albums ahead of it. Um, This is one of those albums where, again, it's not a knock on Tyler. It's more of a nod to the albums that are ahead of it because this album is really good. Um, This project is a must-listen, regardless of your views on Tyler. Like I said, I'm not a Tyler fan uh, coming into this project, and uh, goddamn, it's 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 a really, really dope project. Um, and I think a lot of people will thoroughly enjoy this project and how vulnerable Tyler is. Of course, there's the whole, you know, coming out of the closet thing, which to me is um, it, it, it's dope. It's dope that he did it that way. Um, people tried to make the album about that as opposed to just it, it's so much more than that. It's about Tyler being expressive about everything in his life. It's it's more than just it's more than just him coming out of the closet. But of course, you know that's the one that's going to grab the headlines. So that's what everybody's um, rushing to rushing to talk about with this project. But there's so much more to talk about. So um, check this out. Let me know your thoughts because I'm interested, especially people who aren't fans of Tyler. I want to know if you guys feel the same way about this album. If I do, if this album won you over like it did me. Uh, Again, my favorites, Forward, November, and 911 Mr. Lonely with Frank Ocean. Okay, number 15, Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels 3. Uh, Okay, so this album is in one way to describe Sonic Mayhem. I mean, and I mean that in a good way too, because this album is all over the place with loud brash ear knocking production and once again the duo of killer mike and lp meet the standards of production with elite lyricism and socially conscious bar um i really don't have much more to say because i think that that encapsulates the album uh perfectly so my favorites legend has it uh called ticketron and down those are my three favorites please check those out and check out this album because this album is different it's it's again it's one of those it's one of those, those projects that stands out to me. The production is different. It's, it's sagging while everybody's digging, so to speak. Number 14, I got Rick Ross, Rather You Than Me. Um, Rick Ross comes back with, in my opinion, one of his best albums of his discography. This album has a variety of sounds, the smooth, introspective tracks like Apple My Eye, uh, Santoni Tony Grease, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, the Game Ain't Based on Sympathy to these absolute bangers like trap 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 and dead presidents um, and then they got pointed tracks like the birdman diss track idols become rival um, to just some straight awesome hip hop tracks like powers that be with nas shout out my boy sap for producing that record because sap is one of the most underrated producers in the game right now he is killing it um, he he's going to he's going to be he's going to be behind some big records in the future i have big faith in him but Back to this album, um, I really, really enjoy this, uh, Rick Ross's lyricism is great, it has no, the album ha- itself has no weak links, and features some of the best production and instrumentation of Ross's career in my opinion, so this album is great, it's a must listen, um, and also the little, you know, Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock sketches that are sprinkled throughout the album are really dope as well, um, just another little layer that I enjoy with this project. So my favorites: Apple, and My Eye, Game A, Based on Sympathy, Trap, 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 Powers at B, and Idols Become Rival. All right, number thirteen, I got Radio Silence by Talib Kweli. Now I was blown away f- from my first listen. Uh, this was another late, uh, late year release that kind of went under the radar because of all the stuff coming out. Uh, but talk about some instrumentation, awesome instrumentation, and look no further because. The thematic, grand production combined with the deep, passionate, and touching lyrics, um, this album really makes you feel like you're living in a moment. That's the best way I can describe it. This album feels like a moment. Uh, Talib delivers every emotion from the heartfelt storytelling and songs like She's My Hero, which is gut-wrenching, uh, to an uplift uplifting, hopeful, and inspiring tra- track like Travel Light. Um... This album has consistent and great production, and Talib brings the content to match it. so this is a must listen for hip-hop fans who enjoy bars and dope production. My favorite's Travel Light, She's my hero, and Let It Roll. Also, this album features a J-Electronica verse, so um, you know, whenever that happens, you know it's, you know it's a dope album, and you know it's no joke, so check that out. Um, number 12: I got Joey Badass All-American Badass. Uh, my thoughts on this are that Joey, Joey kind of took a huge step away from his debut album, which was dark, to bring this kind of rebellious uh, album that we have here. But it's but it's softer in a way. Um, and in this album, Joey tackles a lot of political issues, especially President Trump, and you know he also addresses racial inequality. Um, and again, that rebellion is the theme of the album, from tracks like "Good Morning America." To For My People, to Temptation, to Devastated, to Legendary, and of course the amazing, awesome outro track, American Idol. The spoken word is just great at the end. That's a really dope, awesome way to end the album. Um, The production is amazing. There's relaxing and chill instrumentation, and then there's in-your-face, grimy, boom-bap hip-hop tracks like Rockabye Baby and Ring the Alarm um and what made this album so high on the list is that it came out in the first quarter of the year and it lasted the rotation all the year so this is another highly highly recommended album so check this out okay number 11 i got odyssey the iceberg so first off i have to shout out my partner ken of Dead End hip-hop for putting me to this album check out the review of of that on my podcast feed um Odyssey actually runs way back, which I found out through Ken, through Ken and through this album, because I had never heard Odyssey before, but um, Odyssey runs way back with my idol, Peter Rosenberg of Hot Night 7, and this album delivered, uh, or, and he delivered one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, Odyssey had impeccable flows and great lyricism all throughout this album, uh, combined with a broad range of social issues being addressed from racism and police brutality And the powerful songs like You Grew Up to political activism and industry racism and songs like Really. Um, This album is filled with content. Also, another thing that Ken pointed out in our review, which was interesting, is that Odyssey never swears in this album. And Ken thought that was awesome because, you know, Ken's a family man. So he said he could play it around his kids and family. And, you know, well, that's not my life and I can't relate to that... um, it, i do appreciate it because that is an awesome element that's not often included in hip-hop so i think that's another thing that makes this album unique and good and stand out in some ways so go check out this album my favorite tracks you grew up awesome story digging deep just a great intro like really awesome you're catching flow wannabe man that production is crazy so um it, just check this out because this is some masterful production as well as, as well as great lyricism. Number ten, I got Royce the Five Nine Bar Exam Four. This may just be a mixtape you can cop, cop off that piff, but it doesn't. But that doesn't stop it from being one of the best projects of 2017. This tape is Royce going over the hottest beats in hip hop from DNA to Mask Off to Broccoli to I Got the Keys to Backseat Freestyle and much more. While the production is simple and surface level, uh, what makes this project so good to me, in my opinion, is Royce delivering the best, um, is he delivers the best project of the year from a pure lyrical perspective. Royce goes all over these beats with different flows, cadences, and um, just also bringing top tier lyricism as expected by a guy like Royce, but um, this mixtape will... Keep your attention all the way through with clever li- lines and crazy rhyme schemes. Um, if you enjoy bars uh, and just those kind of tracks that make you rewind and those 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 bars that make you go, oh shit, and you have to rewind and hear it again, uh, this is definitely a project to check out because it offers that better than anything released this year. So feel free to challenge me um, and find something that's better lyrically um, this year. My favorites, Combat, Twilight Zone is Awesome, awesome, awesome track. Um that, that verse about Bacon Pock is really dope on there. I got the keys is another banger. Um Nickel 9. That one is crazy going over the broccoli beat because that one's see that's another reason I enjoy this project is because you know broccoli, you know, you hear it and it's this melody driven song. Royce is like, no, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take broccoli and I'm gonna spit over it. I'm just going to rap and you're going to enjoy it just as much. And so um, it's just really dope because it shows that like that these new beats, you don't have to have a melody like you can spit over any beat. And so if you approach it the right way and Royce does that. And then uh, another favorite of mine is Wait a Minute. So check this album out 110%. Number nine, I got Joyner Lucas 508-507-2209. Uh, I came into this album with no prior experience to join her um, or his music, but I heard the waves he was making, so I decided to check it out, and I was not disappointed. This album features some of the best storytelling of the year, from the cleverness of songs like Keep It 100, one of the best story songs of the year, uh, to gut-wrenching stories on the track like Forever. Uh, this album's really solid and it's carried by Joyner's storytelling and clever lyrics, but where the project falls flat for me is the production and length. At an hour and 23 minutes, this is by far the second longest album on the list, only to be uh, beat by a double album later to be named, uh, making the replay value of the whole album very, very difficult. The other flaw to me is the production. Uh, while the production isn't terrible, Often the instrumentation uh, don't really add or take away from the album. They're just kind of there. It, it's kind of it's kind of almost like I talked about with uh, the Fab and Jada tape. They're just kind of there, and they serve a purpose as background noise. And um, So the bland, boring beats outside of a few songs. Um, but to Joyner's credit, I feel like he really maximized the potential of this project because of how lyrical and creative he is with his vocals on the album. He does have some catchy hooks on here, um, you know, despite, again, simple production. Um, So, like, to me, it's almost like this album has a concept of a a great album like Good Kid, Mass City, but features a simple production of an album like Under Pressure. So as a result, to me, it kind of falls between those two albums, which is not bad company, um, as evident on my list, as well as uh, my thoughts on both those albums so um despite its flaws i recommend you listen to it because i'm sure there's a few songs that will draw you to the project and Joyner is now one of the biggest on the radar artists for me i'm heavily anticipating his next project especially after that track i am not racist uh that made waves a little bit after the release of his album um that was a separate track uh so my favorites on here forever we gonna be all right just like you keep it 100 and i'm sorry Number 8 I Got Nerd. No one ever really dies, which is the acronym for the band's name. Uh this was another late year release that I heavily anticipated. Um it was announced at ComplexCon and uh kind of like just shook me out of nowhere because um uh, because as soon as it as soon as it came out or as soon as it was announced that it was coming, man, I was I was geeked. Um, Nerd is delivering their fifth full-length uh, release since their critically acclaimed debut in Search of um, for those who don't know Nerd, uh, Nerd is an associate of the Neptunes and features hip-hop legend Pharrell. Uh, Nerd's new album, though, just brought such a sonically unique album to hip-hop, and I don't know how better to describe it other than just unique. Uh, the production is out of this world, bouncing between hip-hop, pop, rock, and other genres, and... Um, Not only is the production so unique that it will hold your attention, but the group brings great content, speaking on a variety of social issues, uh, from social injustice and police brutality to immigration to civil rights, all sorts of things. Um, And another awesome element of this album is not only the star-studded features, but how nerd uses them. I mean, hearing Gucci on a beat like Viola, I think that's how you say it, um, it, is crazy. Future on 1000... Is crazy. Uh, and even Ed Sheeran's feature at the end, um, all these artists kind of step out of their pocket to deliver these awesome performances that are just so kind of refreshing to me. Not to mention Kendrick, Rihanna, and Andre Three Stacks killing the album. Uh, this album's joyful but rebellious personality combined with its socially conscious content makes this album really have a sense of unification, which is awesome for the time that we're at in society right now. Um, so, this album is a must-listen, and I hope we don't have to wait uh, long for a follow-up project, because this was awesome, awesome work. Uh, my favorites, Kites, Lifting You, ESP, and Rollingham 7s. Number seven, I got Big Crit Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Um, this album shocked me. I came into this album a fan of Crit, but my god, this album sonically blew me away. Uh... This album features a feel. It feels like a southern hip hop album, not like an Atlanta album. Um, this album kind of takes me back to Bun B, UGK, Outkast, Ludacris, and southern rap before Atlanta. You know, I'm sick of everybody making it seem like Atlanta's the only sound in the South. You're ignoring a huge part of hip hop. You know, and I I promise I won't rant. And no disrespect to Atlanta, because you know they're running hip hop right now. It's it's not a shot at Atlanta it's a shot at the people who think that the only sound of the south is atlanta um there is so much more that the south has to offer but with all that said i miss this sound's presence in hip-hop and this was one of the most refreshing albums of 2017. enough about the production though i got to take time to appreciate click's uh crit's lyrics from opening tracks like uh from the opening of this one he holds my attention but i will say that this project is kind of held back on disc two it starts to lose my attention a little not crit but the production on tracks like keep the devil off me higher calling and miss georgia fournier uh those kind of lose me uh these beats are not terrible but they just don't live up to super high standards set on disc one which is my only knock against this album because it's to me it's really close to being the top five album to me really close um the, the just these these slots were so eight through five was just so ridiculously narrow. Um, I think I, I would not be mad at anybody putting this album top three because there are uh, not that really many low points and the high moments on this on this album are phenomenal. So my favorites 1999 with Lloyd. Shout out to Lloyd. That's one of my favorite R&B artists. Uh, Ride with me is dope and uh, get up to come down with CeeLo is really dope as well. So. Number six, I got two chains pretty girls like track music. Okay, now this album is simply amazing, and I don't have much else to say other than two chains to snapping this whole album. Some of the best rapping all year combined with banger after banger while sneaking in the occasional vibe record like it's a vibe and atmosphere joints like good drink. Um, make this album just awesome. Two chains really did it. My only complaint, and this is a personal one is that 2 Chains is often known for his witty and comical bars, but there just aren't as many on this project. There are barely any. Uh, my favorite line of the project is one of those, and it's on Riverdale, and it's, brought some Gucci to your mama's house just to leave it there. Like, the way he delivers that, man, if that doesn't make you laugh every time, I don't know, I don't know what will. Um, I love this album, and to me, it's closer to being top three than it is top ten. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's closer to being number three than it is ten on this list. That's how that's how dope this album is. Uh, no complaints about this album. Salute to you, Titty Boy, because this is a dope, dope album. It's a Vibe, uh, Riverdale, Rose, Rolls Royce, Bitch, and 4AM are my favorites. Number five, I Decided, Big Sean. Okay, so two years ago, if you'd have told me that Big Sean would have a top five album of the year, I would have laughed, but... Then the boy dropped two great projects back to back: Dark Sky Paradise at 2088, which 2088 made my list last year. Um, now I gotta take back all the slander I ever put on Sean's name, um, and I trust me, I have. I've, 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 I've made my peace with Sean. Um, if Sean, if Sean ever even knew who I was, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 corrected my wrongs in the I Decide review. Check that out. The I Decide review is phenomenal with Kaylo, um, but the the. The point is, this dude is top tier now, and there's no question about it. I'm sick of people questioning his pen game, because a dude delivers bar after bar. Between him and Royce, I think my rewind button is broke. I mean, I don't know what more to say about Sean. Like, people say he's corny, but I listened to this album so many times, and I only found one corny bar. That barrio Princess Peach line, I jump out the window. Um, that's, the only, that's the only corny line I found in this tape. I challenge you to find one more corny bar on this project. Go ahead and try. Um, as much as I love Sean's last project, uh, to me, this is clearly his best. I Decided is an album with elite production and lyrics, a variety of flows, melodies, and cadences. Uh, in my opinion, this is Sean's best singing he's ever done on a project as a whole. Um, tasteful features, hit records, And a fully fleshed out concept that is executed flawlessly without taking away from the enjoyment of the album. So, what is there to complain about this album? This album's rank is not in any way a knock against its quality. Again, top 5 in a really good hip-hop year. In my opinion, one of the best years of hip-hop we've ever seen as far as album releases. Um, This is, again, one of those situations where it's a compliment to the albums ahead of it. So, do yourself a favor and listen to the whole album and also check out the review I did with my man Kayla, one of the best podcasts of 2017. That is a fact. Um, my favorites Sacrifices, Bigger Than Me, Bounce Back, and Jump Out the Window. All right, so now we are getting near that time. We are getting near that time. Number four No Dope on Sunday, Sci High The Prince. Man, I knew I was going to be all in on this album after track two, that dope push feature was just amazing uh taking away the drums with with Pusha T was was an awesome twist uh that might be one of the best intro tracks of the year because the intro track itself is just a skit so um track two really kind of feels like the actual intro to the album um, so that to me is one of the best of the year and I know I've said this a few times on this podcast but um it's such a soulful sound I'm working on my music vocabulary I promise But this next album, this and the next album are the definition of soulful. This album really does feel like it's church, and at the same time, it's so grand, cinematic, thematic that sonically, um, sonically it's just awesome. And uh, that's to be expected with Kanye at the helm of the production. This album has all sorts of beats, from the fun records like "Moving Around," "Trick Me," "Looking for Love," and that side to emotionally charged instrumentals like "God Bless Your Heart." 80s baby and free free is one of the best songs of the year i dare anyone to challenge me on that then there's these loud aggressive tracks like new africa to the uplifting records like i'm fine the only knock against this album i have is so minor it's sad but it but it's the closing track um i get the vibe and i enjoy the song and i understand why it's a closing track but it doesn't just it personally doesn't work it almost feels like it's a radio hit at the end of the album um and so to me, it just doesn't work. And that, literal, that little difference is what makes it four instead of three. That's how close it is. That's how nitpicky I had to get um, to, uh, to decide this top four, which was crazy. Um, so I had to find the, again, I had, to, I had to find something to make the decision between three and four, and that was it. So it was like splitting hairs. This album is incredible. Check it out. Top tier lyricism. Oh, lyricism. Wow, lyricism. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Um, top tier lyricism And uh, also Check out um, check out High The Prince's He was like freestyling on every show When he was doing his press run Sway uh, Funk Flex um, Funk Flex on Hot Night 7 um, I think he even did one on Breakfast Club 2 Which was really dope So uh, all those he killed it Really dope My favorite tracks No Dope on Sundays Free 80's Baby And Moving Around with Schoolboy Q That shit bangs um, number three, I got Rhapsody Layla's Wisdom. This album piqued my interest upon its release, but I did not expect such an amazing album from Rhapsody, and I'm sorry to Ninth Wonder, forgive me for that, because this album's ranking should be no surprise to fans, because you know my strong love for Tipimba Butterfly, and this album is giving me those strong flashbacks, man. Again, very soulful production incorporating jazz, blues, and funk combined with some boom bap, making this album the perfect album sonically for chris platy uh city kills this album there are almost no skips amazing feature performances from kendrick gq busta rhymes anderson pack black thought the legend and bj the chicago kid and more uh, every feature on this album is awesome this is so cool because these are like the exact people i was dying to hear on this kind of instrumentation and they did not disappoint. The only complaint I had, and I addressed on the review with BZ of Dead End Hip Hop, which was, uh, again, one of the best um, project or podcasts I've done this year, so check that one out. Check out that review. Um, but the complaint I had was there was one too many beat switches, which made some of the moments feel overdone. But, uh, but man, outside of that, this album is fire. Not to mention connecting it back to No Dope on Sundays, uh, the closing track Jesus coming is one of the most heartbreaking conclusions to an album I've heard in my entire life so um, the amazing storytelling about about black on black gun violence with a heartbreaking sample time to go by Otis Johnson just brings so much pain and emotion I'm just like I'm just like wow every time I'm still I still wow every time I listen to that album um what an incredible album I don't think this album had the commercial su- success to be a classic but this album, mm-hmm. In my opinion, it should be a hip hop culture classic, or at least it's going to be a personal classic for me. This is a must-listen album. I really want people to listen to this album. I don't know what else I can say, but please, please check out this album because this album is dope. My favorites, Jesus Coming, Power, Black and Ugly, and Riding. Alright, number two, we got Jay-Z the Legend, 444. Uh the debate between two and one this year tore me apart. Y'all know how much this hurts. I mean, I went back and forth between 444 and Damn all year. I mean, it changed all throughout the year. This is my first and third favorite rapper of all time. Pit Against Each Other. Man, it tore me. Um, this album is so dope. This album, uh, this is the album us whole fans have been dying to hear and he delivered. You know, it's been done before. Uh, I know a lot of people are overblowing just how, you know, how, like, oh, this is the first time Jay-Z's ever been conscious. That's totally, totally not true and ignorant. But um, uh, but this is really the first time where uh, where a project really focuses and is centered around Hope being vulnerable. Um, you know, Blueprint was probably the closest to that in, in that respect, where, you know, like, half the tracks were, were kind of introspective and, and vulnerable, but even that, it didn't necessarily feel like blue, That was the focus of Blueprint. Like Jay Z's emotional state is the focal point of 444. So uh, that's why. That's what I think. That's what people are trying to say, but they're not saying it right. Um, this album, in my opinion, has the best production of the year. No idea went off on this one. Uh, this album was such a hit to my core as a Jay Z fan. Uh, when I heard the title track, man, 444. I was damn near emotional it felt like if it literally felt like one of my superheroes being stripped of all his strength leaving him completely powerless and vulnerable I mean each verse was just written so well Jay-Z's attacking himself so well that that knife just dug deeper and deeper every time and like I really felt this way for that record and um when I heard it and and combined with tracks like kill Jay-Z it was just perfect then to see him bounce back and go full flex in songs like Bam, and then he then he playing that yin and yang all in one song like Smile, that third verse is an all-time Hov verse by the way. Um, then how Hov comes back to give game on tracks like Story of OJ and Moonlight, man, I mean, I mean this album's incredible. You combine all of that with tracks like Family Feud, awesome, Marcy Me, awesome, Legacy, awesome, and you've got a full album of amazing songs. Also, let's take the time to talk about these goddamn music videos because they are fire. The Moonlight parody of Friends is amazing. Bam is amazing. Story of OJ attacking racist cartoons is amazing. I mean, these videos are awesome and Hope's got to win a Grammy for these. I know Humble was a real dope video, but Story of OJ has to win video of the year. I mean, that that video is just crazy. Um, by the way, if Hove is still touring, you should go see him. I seen him. Uh, that was the first time I've ever seen him. I seen him at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, and man, that was just that was that was one hell of a night. That was one hell of a performance too. Um, so do that. I don't I don't know if he's still on tour. I'm pretty sure he's done, but he might be doing a little bit of uh, like a like a small small leg in January after the holidays. I'm not sure, but um, man, it was a it was a once in a lifetime memory. So my favorites on here, 444, Moonlight, and Smile. Okay, number one, it's that time. You know what it is, it's Damn. Damn by Kendrick Lamar is an incredible album. This album really, in my opinion, can only be described in one way, and that's organized chaos. I mean, Damn's production is all over the place. The loud, harsh, aggressive bangers like DNA... To uh, deep, lo-fi songs like Feel. To the ear-popping, off-the-wall, sporadic XXX. To the awesome closing track, Duckworth. An all-time track and one of the best closers of the year. Maybe the best closer of the year. It's between that and Rhapsody. Um, Also, can we talk about the rollout? Because Heart Part 4 combined with the Humble Video was like the perfect rollout. Um, But anyways, back to the album. What makes this album... Awesome and the best of the year is not only is kendrick rapping arguably the best but um despite the production being all over the place kendrick's able to tie everything together so effortlessly as he delivers his deeply layered concept album like because you know there, there is a concept um it's not as clear as to pimp butterfly or as good kid but um but damn is an album about god and life choices that kendrick has made Also, if you notice, a big theme of this album is Kendrick claiming to be the best ever. Um, he claims it in almost every song. I think the only songs he doesn't claim it in are Blood and, uh, which is just an intro track. And then, um, then what's the other one? Um, uh, I think Love. I think Love. I think those are the only two, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that was just an off the point or off the top of the head point that I, that I made, um. To add another hip-hop element, Kendrick throws in the legendary and iconic DJ Kid Capri. So once again, Kendrick goes against the trends and finds a new way to make hits. That's another thing that this album has over every other album is the hits and commercial success. With Humble being the song of the year and other super smash hits like Loyalty, Love, and DNA, this album has more big-time hits than any album this year. Also look at the numbers. They are staggering. Kendrick, uh... Kendrick has the highest first week sales of the year with 630,000 in a full on streaming era. More than half of those sales were pure album sales, actual bought albums, 60%. I was part of that 60%, um, which is unprecedented today. Um, Look at Drake. He had the second highest total in uh, first week sales with just over 500K, but only 35 to 40% were pure album sales. So, um,. With the album releasing in April, Damn is already three times platinum, making it his most successful commercial release to, to date. Um, although this album is not his best work, this album feels like the album he's been working towards ever since the creation of Section 80. In an interview um, Big with Big Boy, Kendrick kind of spoke on this. He talked about uh, this album being the greatest, in his opinion, of his, of his albums. He ranked, for those of you that are curious, he ranked Section 84th. To Pimp Butterfly, Third Good Kid, Two and Damn One, because he said Damn is a combination of his three previous albums. It has the loudness and harshness of Section 80, the bangers and sonics a Good Kid, and the message of To Pimp Butterfly. Now, I agree with that sentiment, and I know my homie K.O. does too. But to me, it's not uh, the best album of his catalog, and I'm just not sure this is a classic yet. The jury's kind of still out on that. I knew a Good Kid, it was, it was uh it was right away a classic because those joints are just banger standout records that will last the test of time uh butterfly was a classic for a totally different reason just the content made it a classic not necessarily the commercial success um this one there's a good chance it can be a classic but to me it depends on if we're playing humble dna loyalty and others five to ten years from now which i think we will but again it's it's not something that i'm 100% confident on it's not something that i'm totally totally set on so that's kind of where i fall with dam but yes Damn is the best album of the year uh, it's just this it's just this organized chaos man that's the best way to describe it pulling in all these different issues, and you know, you know it's a Kendrick album, because you know he's addressing all the, all sorts of political issues, as well as, as well as, you know, also claiming to be the grace which is just so dope how he does that, uh, my favorites DNA, Feel, Duckworth again, one of the awesome best storytelling tracks of the year, this is an awesome outro track, uh, just like just greatly ties together the whole album, and of course the banger, Humble, so that is my list. Once again, I will read it um, in its entirety. Number one, I have Damn. Two, I have 444. Three, Layla's Wisdom. Four, No Dope on Sundays. Five, I Decided. Six, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. Seven, Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Eight, No One Really Ever Dies. Nine, 508, 507, 2209. Number 10, Barks and Four. Number 11, The Iceberg. Number 12, All-American Badass. Number 13, Radio Silence. Number 14, Rather You Than Me. Number 15, Run the Jewels 3. Number 16, Flower Boy. Number 17, Love is Rage 2. Number 18, Pressure. Number 19, Future. Number 20, Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 21, Mumble Rap. Number 22, Culture. Number 23, Big Fish Theory. Number 24, Wu-Tang the Saga Continues and number 25 eight those are my best hip-hop albums of 2017 that is my opinion uh, again engage with me on twitter at real um and let me know your thoughts uh let me know if you agree disagree uh with my list uh where you think some albums could be interchanged and stuff uh, because this album was this list was tough i changed it a lot it's different it's totally different from uh from the first sketch of the list i started a couple weeks back so this is one I sat with for a couple weeks. I played with, and I really, really sat down and tried to focus and listen to all these albums multiple times, as well as other albums, and just kind of figured out its place. So yeah, after um, after reviewing, you know, or after listening to a, a, close to or around hundred projects this year, uh, this is my this is my top 25. Um, again, there could have been some stuff that I missed too. Uh, so let me know if there's something that I missed that, or that you think I missed or your question why I didn't make the list. I will gladly, I will gladly discuss. Thank you. Um, again, you can check out all my content on my podcast, on my podcast on iTunes, which is Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. Um, you could just search that or you could search Chris Platte, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E, and you will find it there. Um, you can also find my link or find my podcast all on Podbean. If you're a non-iphone user, um, that's where you can that's where you can find all my all my podcasts. And I'm working on some big things, so um, stay tuned. Got some big things, some next level stuff coming for the podcast that I don't want to talk about just yet. But stay tuned for that because it's going to be huge, and hopefully it will it will um, it will really take this platform to a new level. So um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, 2017 was a dope year. I appreciate it. Um, Please continue to share my podcast, continue to share my content, and help me grow together because we are in this together at the end of the day. So thank you everyone for listening, and I will be back with my uh, my big podcast of the year, the end of the year 2017 mega podcast. Be ready for that. That one's going to be crazy and there's going to be a twisted element and a huge, huge surprise coming, so stay tuned.